your home of the Pens and the best Pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh and iHeart Radio Station. The Steelers have a culture of chaos. I think everyone would agree on that. From Tomlin fans to Tomlin bashers, how can you not agree that the Steelers have a culture of chaos? The Steelers were immersed in chaos all season, and in the end, it caught up with them. Tomlin not only enabled, but participated. He led the charge when it came to looking ahead to New England. Tomlin will not get fired. Not now, probably not ever. Tomlin will retire before he gets fired, like Bill Cower before him and Chuck Noll before Cower. So, how can Tomlin fix it? And how does he restore his credibility when it comes to fixing it? His assistant coaches show up late, for the love of God. It's simple. Make some rules and stick to them. Rule number one, be on time. If you're late for practice or meeting, you get sent home. If you're late for a walkthrough or on game day, you don't play. That sounds like no big deal, right? Well, it is. Punctuality is the foundation for everything Belichick and Coughlin do. Their teams played in the AFC Championship game, and the Steelers did not. Rule number two, no social media. No Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever the frig Twitch is. Make it a condition of employment. No social media. Tomlin says his kids are on social media, and you just have to do it right. F that. Tomlin can raise his kids any way he wants. He needs to be boss to his players. Social media only gets you in trouble. Brown, Bryant, Bell, time and again, shut it down. Fun time is over. That's two simple rules. Start there and hold the players accountable. A lot of good will flow from that. But honestly, nothing is going to change. Tomlin won't even try to change anything, and so the Steelers have no chance of winning a championship. Sick again. Brought to you by 84 Lumber. Helping you build the right way since 1956. I thought that was a really good monologue. But I would. I wrote it and and executed it. Uh, Those are my two rules. That's how I start to rebuild the culture if I'm Tomlin. Be on time. No social media. What do you think? 412-333-WXDX. And people would actually try to make social media, including the dumbass players in that locker room, they'd try to make it into a free speech issue. It's not a free speech issue. If the employer says no social media as a condition of employment, then it's no social media or you're no longer employed. That simple. Why not? Tell me why these guys need to be on social media. Tell me where it helps them become better football players. Tell me how it helps the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Two things Tomlin said this year drive me nuts. First, when he talked to Tony Dungy about playing New England two times. Part one and part two. Second, when Tomlin said that Mike Mitchell barking at the Jacksonville locker room before the game was not relevant. No, it was absolutely unacceptable is what it was. It's like Tomlin is scared of his players, buddy-buddy with his players, scared to say anything that shows up his players even when they totally deserve to be showed up. What he should have said after that Mike Mitchell episode 
barking at the Jacksonville locker room. It's unacceptable and might behave in a fashion we would prefer our players not. You don't have to call him a jackass, which he is, or a dink, or an idiot, or washed up, or a guy who celebrates tackles after the guy gains eight yards. All those are true. Just say it's unacceptable, and he acted in a fashion we prefer our players don't. Because after all, if you don't say that, guys like Mike Mitchell, no brain surgeon he, He's believing he's acting in a fashion you prefer your players do. Let's go to Patience in Green Tree. Patience, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Uh, while I was on hold, I uh, I heard you. Uh, this isn't why I called, but I heard you talk about uh, Tomlin and social media. On uh, my buddy brought it up on Tomlin's uh, Twitter account. He posted a uh, thing about a month ago with his kid and uh on bell i guess his kid's like a feature in his uh rap album so i guess he's promoting that culture right then and there with the teammates being too buddy buddy i think it's a dangerous precedent when the coach's sons are hanging out with the players exactly and you know what exactly. i think it's a dangerous precedent for the kids you're telling exactly. me that let, not- let, let me ask you a question mm-hmm. let's say lev bell and tomlin's teenage kids are hanging out in the studio when Bell's putting together one of his rhymes, when he's spitting, okay. if you will. Okay. And then the dope breaks out. You think the Tomlin kids are taking a toke, or do you think they're just saying no? <laughs> I got your point. You don't have to answer that, you. but I think we already know the answer. 412. Well, oh, we hung up on you before you gave the reason you called. You call all the time. You'll get back to us. Let's go to Jordan in Sarasota, Florida. Jordan, you're on with the super genius. How's it going, Mark? What up? Hey, I just wanted to talk about Le'Veon Bell a little bit. Um, I think it's ridiculous how these players look up to him, and he's the kind of guy that in the locker room he seems cool. And uh, I don't know that the players necessarily do look up to him, but go ahead. Well, you got guys like Smith Schuster are young. They're 20 years old. They go into a locker room, and that's the guy you look up to. He's a superstar. And I think he's setting the wrong model for the team. I think it's an, it's an example for Tomlin and the organization to get rid of him. Get a guy like Barkley, a guy that works his ass off. How are they going to get Barkley? And I think they trade up for him. Yeah, they they're going to trade all the way up to the top five where they need to go to get Barkley. You really think they're going to do that? I'm not saying they get Barkley. I'm saying they got to get a guy like that who's good, but at the same time... Well, they while they're at it, why don't they get a guy like Jim Brown? That's what they need. Get a guy like uh, Dan Marino after Ben retires. Get a guard like Alan Fanica. I mean... All this is much easier said than done. But thank you for the call. I keep hearing people say, let's trade Bell. He's a free agent. Can't trade him. I mean, you could trade his rights now, but then he would just go into free agency with his new team. And that team, yeah, they'd get a chance to sign him. But what would you get for him? Let's go to Dan in Tampa, Florida. Dan, you're only super genius. Hey, Mark. Um, the past couple of days I've been hearing you talk about, you know, what you think the odds are the Pens make the playoffs. And although, you know, some days I do feel like it's 50-50, I'm more 70-30, and here's why. If you look at the current playoff picture, it's pretty clear that you're going to get five teams in from the Metro and three from the Atlantic. So I have a really, really hard time believing that the Penguins are not one of the top five teams in the Metro division. Yeah, but they have to confirm that by way of compiling more points than, than uh, three of the other teams. Well, no question. The other problem is, too, is you're kind of you're playing with fire because if one of your big guys goes down and you're right on that fringe, now you've got to face that and you know in a playoff case. But 
you know, I remember back to 09 when they were six points out at, at Valentine's Day. You know, if that team can do that and win a Stanley Cup that way, I just, again, I, I don't look Yeah, at but that team might not have been as tired as this team. True, very true. This but team's again, exhausted, I mean, and I know people out there don't want excuses made. That's not an excuse. This is fact. Look at how they came out of that bye week, and they looked like their old selves for two games, and then they went out west, and the travel and the tiredness, it added up, and they lost two out of three. Would you agree that they're not really great on the West Coast, regardless of you know where they are in the standings? They, they've had some great teams on in, uh, great trips out to the West Coast. Man, well, I mean, that may be true, but again, I, I don't look at any team in the Metro and think that. I mean, Washington's playing a little bit better this year, but I look at the Rangers, I look at the Islanders, I look at Columbus, I look at Carolina. I just don't see any team that the Penguins just are not better. You know than what? Them. If they were playing it on paper, the Penguins would have clinched a playoff spot a month ago. Well, They're no, not playing it on paper. It's just, it's a great, I, I still think the Penguins are a great team. How could you not think they're a great team? They're the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. But so many factors have conspired to make them underachieved to this point in the season, whether it's, you know, Murray's injuries and subpar play. Not bad, just not as good. Uh, A lot of their players are playing good, just not as good, because they're tired. And if they don't make the playoffs, it won't be because they're not good enough. It'll be because they're tired. And that's why I'd say it's 50-50 that they make it. If you pin me down to a choice, I'd say they do make it. So fifty one forty nine. Let's go to David in Dormont. David. David, are you there? Yep. Okay. Hey, um, I was thinking I was reading some things online. Yeah, they're not going to trade for Eric Carlson. Anything else? No, no. Thanks for the call. Like, I haven't caught on to you and your voice and the same thing being said every lead-in. Please. I'm a lot smarter than you. For that matter, a lot richer than you. A lot better looking than you. And only one of us has been... I was going to make some crude comment about your mom, but actually, come to think of it, we've both been technically... Let's go to Steve and Coriopolis. Steve, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mr. Madden, I was, uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head. You're talking about uh, Solomon, about comparing the Belichick, you know... The time management thing. You watch the game; it just it just says he's not an attention to details guy. I'm not. Uh, I'm not really concerned about that. You're you're talking about uh, stuff that's above what I'm talking about. I want to start out by making everybody be on time and no social media. Yeah, that's a good point because it all starts with the head coach in, in that manner, and uh, you can tell they're undisciplined as a team because he doesn't seem like he cares about discipline. They really are. And they, it really does seem like they don't care about discipline. And that's what I want to talk to people about because I, I thought I, I thought the monologue I just did could win awards. I, I think so. I think it may. Nobel Peace Prize, um, Pulitzer, maybe both. Maybe there's a Nobel Peace Prize for journalism. And they can just kind of weld the Pulitzer to it. Kind of like one of those double... Well, I can't say that either. You know what I mean with the... With with two women and the double, you know, you could like end up four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. I think a good start for Mike Tomlin fixing the culture would be everybody has to be on time for everything. If they're not, there's a price to pay. Accountability. No social media. I'd ban it. What do you think? 
Is that a good place to start? Will Tomlin do it? I think it is a good place to start. I don't think Tomlin will do it. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, hey. Super genius, big, big fan. See, you're just screwing with me. You're doing a good job, but you're just screwing with me, right? The X at 105.9. We got Stan Savard at the bottom of the hour. Then we got the Hockey Night Show at 5.30, brought to you by the three wise men, Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Why pay another law firm 40% when they only charge 25 In the meantime, I want your reaction to what I said about how Mike Tomlin could start to fix the culture. Not for sure fix it, but, you know, baby steps. It is a madhouse down there. If you compare the shenanigans that went on with the Steelers this year to every other team in the league, the Steelers might not have had necessarily the worst shenanigans. I mean, there were places where people got arrested. But the Steelers had the most shenanigans. Every week it was something, and it made a 13-3 and season into a tedious, unenjoyable exercise. That's why fans are so mad, because they couldn't enjoy the 13-3. and and before you know it, 0-1 in the playoffs, and the season has been completed. So, my suggestion is, go back to basics. you got to be on time. If you're not, you pay a penalty. If you're late for practice or meetings, you get sent home and potentially drop down the depth chart. If you wait for walkthrough or tardy for game day, you don't play. And... Part two, no social media. Ban social media. Juju Smith-Schuster is turning into the jackass I knew he would be. He's gone from this sweet kid who got his bike stolen into a clown act on social media. And uh, two days after they lost to Jacksonville, he's begging fans to vote for the Steelers' hide-and-seek touchdown celebration as the number one touchdown celebration in the NFL. I guess there was a poll at NFL.com. Two days after being eliminated from the playoffs by a team you were favored to beat, that you played at home, that you acted as if you would beat them handily by talking about playing New England before beating Jacksonville. When that happens, I would think you should be angry enough to not go on Twitter and beg people to vote for your touchdown, Sally is the best. I think that's a bad look. And if you ban these guys from social media, it would help. I don't see how it would hurt. And you're going to have guys like AB say, oh, what about my brand? F your brand. Your brand can suck a telephone pole. You're here to play football. We don't care about your brand. And once again... You don't hear about people showing up late for crap in New England. They were driving through a blizzard to get there on time. You don't hear about faux pas on social media by the New England Patriots. That's one reason they win. Not the only reason, not the biggest reason, but it is a foundation. Organization and discipline is a foundation for success, no question. Interesting tweet I just got from uh, TJ. Do you think A.B. is matured as a person or has the rest of the team's idiocy just covered for him this year? It's a good question. Uh, I, I think the other teams, Jack Assentry, 
if that's a word, did somewhat cover for A.B., but I don't know. I, I thought he acted more and more mature. I didn't notice him being a jerk from about the midway point of the season on, and I'll tell you, when the spit hit the spam in the Jacksonville game and he was being covered by all pro cornerbacks play after play, he made the plays, he got the ball, he got the yards, he got the points. If A.B. has taken a step in the right direction and I just haven't noticed emotionally in terms of maturity, then credit to him, I do think this. I think if you ditch Bell, A.B.'s a lot easier to manage. If you only have one, because let's face it, those are the two main offenders with Juju coming up fast on the outside. 412-333-9939. Let's go to uh, Twash in Banksville. Twash, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Uh, good to be back on the big show. Wondering if Tomlin is successful because he is a friend slash brother to the players. Uh, I don't. I think of anything that would impede his success. When's the last time he won a Super Bowl? Uh, it's been a while, but I mean, that's not the, how you win. You don't win by being the player's buddy. You just would, don't. In today's NFL, would players respect a Woody Hayes or a Bill Belichick type of coach? They appear to respect Bill Belichick because they win game after game and Super Bowl I, I, after sorry. Super Bowl for him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I meant uh, Bill Parcells. Well, Bill Belichick is that coach. And they're the only organization that does it, essentially. Yep, and they win every Super Bowl, pretty much. So the culture then should be Pittsburgh either goes looser or gets rid of Tomlin. Because well, they're not going to get rid of Tomlin. Why do they have to go looser? Why can't why can't they just have a rule where you need to show up on time? Why can't they just say no social media? Why can't it be work at long last? Did you take your blood pressure medicine today? Did you take your IQ pills because, you you know what, you haven't called in a while and you're a stupid jerk-off and never call again. You live in Banksville. Go up to that big TV tower on top of the big hill, climb to the top, and hurl yourself off to the deck hockey rink below. Don't really do that. See, disclaimer. Let's go to um, Kevin in the car. Kevin, you're on with the super genius. Hey, super G. How you doing today? Great. Hey, quick question. Um we got 33 games left in the season. How many do we have to win to actually finish in the top three in the Metropolitan, do you think? I don't know. I got a question. How many do you think? I don't know. I mean, I'll just... you know what? They could, they could like, win 10 if they got 23 overtime losses. I don't know. You see, that loser point, I got a blog up today on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. The loser point skews everything. 33 games left. I think to be sure to make it, they need to win two out of every three. So, 33, 22, 22, which was my number in deck hockey. Up next, Stan, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, big Stan, big Stan. Thank you. I want to say, hell, Mark. I would rather give myself a colonoscopy with a coat hanger. DX at 105.9. Joining me now, the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media. Always a pleasure to talk to Stan Saverin. Stan, Mike Tomlin is not going to get fired, nor should he. But is it just me, or do more Steeler fans want that than ever before? The anger after losing that game to Jacksonville is very palpable. 
Yeah, it really is. Uh, you know, more so um, than when they lost to the Patriots last year. I think a lot of people expected that, and Bell got hurt, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but this was an expected win. Um, I would imagine that had they lost to either Kansas City or Miami last year, in, if you will, a preliminary playoff game, um, the anger would have been the same. Look, they've never been too terribly accepting of him uh, for whatever reasons. Uh, not enough Super Bowls. They don't like the way he talks. They think he's arrogant. You know, whatever it happens to be. I mean, he's not well-liked. I tell people that from out of town. I think we know what it happens to be, Stan but go ahead. Right, exactly. I mean, I think there's an element of that. Um, and I tell that to people out of town, they're stunned. Um, I, I do think that uh, maybe most most towns wouldn't necessarily like this, but I think in this town, which is socially conservative, let's put it that way, um, I, I don't think that they, they like the, the tweets and some of the behavior. They blame him for it. Um, they think that he instigated some of it by his conversation with Dungy. Um, but I do think, look, with great expectation can, comes great disappointment. If you were 8-8 eight and eight last year and then you're 13-3, and three, you're thrilled to death. If you win one game in Cleveland, you're thrilled to death. But here, everybody, and it's not unreasonable, because it wasn't just our expectation. It was their expectation. They set the standard. They set what was going to be a successful season or not. And so this kind of understanding, A, losing to the team they lost to at home, and the manner in which they lost it, completely understandable to me. Do you believe Tomlin needs to fix the team's culture, and how can he do that? Well, I do think that there needs to be some adjustment. Uh, I'll preface my remarks by saying uh, I don't think the tweets lost the game. I don't think that they were looking ahead to Jacksonville or to New England. Having said that, I don't like it. I just find it unnecessary and stupid. Um, you know, it's one thing if you're Muhammad Ali uh, and you predict what round you're going to knock me out in, and then you do it, well, if it you can do it, then it ain't bragging. Uh, but you have too many people over there tweeting who uh, aren't, you know, terribly good players, Mike Mitchell primarily. Um, you know, not only does he tweet and, and open up his big yap, he stinks. That's a deadly combination. Um, I, I do think that they need to put a curb on it. I think you have to be realistic about this. Yes, I do think it has to come from the top and maybe, maybe above Mike Tomlin. Maybe Colbert, more likely, Art Rooney. A uh, start there. But I also think you have to be realistic, Mark. I did a segment on this on my show today. You, you cannot take their cell phones away from them. Oh, Stan, I think you could take social media away from them. No, I disagree. Why not? Um, you can't. <laughs> Stan, that's nonsense. Of course you can. No, I, I totally disagree. You cannot say to them. Now, what you can say, you can tweet, but I don't want you tweeting about the team I don't want you tweeting about our business. If you want to tweet about what CD you like, about what car you drive, that's fine. CD? That's a little outdated, Stan. I, I, I just... CDs I, are outdated now? They are, unless you're a country music fan. And if you are, you can never come on this show again. Uh, no. Stan, I just don't see why you can't take social media away. Give me a valid reason why you can't. Underline the word can't. Because you foment rebellion. You cannot treat it. This what, is what do you call what's going on now? 
No, I, I, I totally disagree because it's not everybody. Not everybody is running amok. I mean, they were 13-3. and three. Let's not forget that. And then you're offering the premise then that the tweet is what cost them the game against Jacksonville. I think you can moderate it. And here's how I was, uh, what I'm saying is you say no tweeting about the team uh, football-related items. Number two, you go to them, you appeal to them and say, when you do that, you are hurting your teammates. You are hurting the team. You are hurting the guy standing next to you. If the one thing that those guys tend to understand is that they believe those guys in the locker room with them are their brothers. You all hear them say that all the time. It takes a certain amount of camaraderie to be a good team or to be a team anyway. I think if you approach it on that level, then you say, Think about it. You're hurting the guy next to you that professed to love. That's number two. Number three. Stan, they, they just don't care about that. Well, I disagree. I think, they, I think that's the one thing they do care about. They don't want to be viewed as hurting their team. Some of them have done it, granted. But I think if you approach it on that level, because it's, a, it, it's, it's an all-me attitude, if you expand that and say, hey, you're hurting the team, by doing that, the guy that you call your brother, the guy that you call your good buddy, you're hurting him. You're hurting our collective efforts. Maybe it gets through, maybe it doesn't, but I think that's the way you approach it. Well, well Stan, I don't, want to, I don't want to dismiss what you're saying, but, but I don't think these guys understand discussion. I think they just need rules. Well, here is the third element, which might be more effective. Yes, it needs to come from the top, and if it comes from Art Rooney, if it has to, fine. You, you can't prevent him from tweeting. Vince Lombardi, those days are gone. You can't. I know Belichick, and everybody point to Belichick. He, to me, is a you know a, a special cat. There, there's nobody else like him in the league anywhere else either. Other teams have these same issues. But here's the third element that I think can be even more effective than Dan uh, than Art Rooney's, pardon me, the Freudian slip, uh, <laughs> and, and Mike Tomlin, and that's the leadership in the locker room. You've covered sports long enough to know that there has to be that kind of culture, oh, no question, in the room. And if those players who spoke out the day, well, after the game or the day of the game, the Jacksonville game. Like the Castro Foster Hayward. If it bothered you that much, then you've got to walk up and say, hey, cut that out. If you profess to be a team leader or you're regarded as such, then you have got to take some responsibility for this too. Because no matter how much they like the coach, how much they don't like the coach, how much they respect the coach or don't respect them, the coach can never get inside the inner sanctum that is players only. There is a thin divide. Players are always going to rally around themselves more than they will the coach, even in a beloved coach like Mike Sullivan, a respected coach. There's still a line that he can't cross. That's why he's got to get his message across to the people he perceives to be team leaders to carry that message to the players when a coach's message, no matter how revered he might be, cannot get there. I guarantee you, and I can guarantee you, I want Joe Green, obviously, but even more recently, when, when guys like Aaron Smith and James Ferrier and Jerome Bettis patrol the locker room, there wouldn't have been any of that. Now, you're right about that, Stan, but more recently, 
Guys like Brett Kiesel and Troy Polamalu tried to patrol the locker room and didn't have any luck doing it because these kids won't listen. Well, um, I still believe that it's got to come from within. No, no, I agree with everything you're saying about the leadership. Whether or not it would work at this juncture, I don't know. I will have to agree to disagree on the social media, but my one basic thing I would demand, you got to be on time. And if you're not on time, there are consequences, and you stick to your guns regarding those consequences. Well, I would agree with that. Uh, and look, it's not unprecedented. Um, you know, he threw Santonio Holmes off the team. Uh, and that was a very important game they played that week. Um, and he needs get out of here. I don't want to see you until Monday. He did the same thing with Mendenhall. He should have done the same thing with James Harrison. He has, you know, executed some discipline in the past. Um, and and I, I, that I agree with. You know, you're late for meetings. Uh, I don't know what the penalty would be, what the punishment would be, but there's got to be consequences for that. Couldn't agree with that more. But, but, let's also understand, you know, when it comes to a playoff game, um, if, if, if Bell showed up with five minutes to go in, uh, to the walkthrough, what are you going to say? You're not playing tomorrow? Yes. Now. Yes, and I make it very clear to the media and to his teammates why he's not playing. That's easy for you to say. Um, Stan, I can tell you for certain I would do it and not lose a second sleep about it. You might not, but I mean, you've also got to consider what the reaction to the rest of the team. Yeah, you're sending a message. It'd be one thing to suspend if you're getting ready to play Cleveland, but players <clears throat> are going to say, hey, um, we're trying to beat Jacksonville tomorrow. You're taking one of our best players off the field. Okay, but let's, be, let's be honest about it. Let's be honest about it. There are different rules for Evgeny Malkin than there might be for Chad Ruedel. Well, right, and there are different rules for Tom Brady in New England, but he would never dare violate those rules anyway. There's your leadership. Well, exactly, but but if you're going to make an exception when Lev Bell's the guy showing up late for the walkthrough, then there's no point in telling people to be on time at all. Well, maybe not, but I also think you've got to be realistic about it, and suspending him before a playoff game, um, it's, it's not it's not going to happen. It's not now. Well, then they're never going to win. Well, They're, they're not going to win ever with this culture, ever. If you, if you want to make a statement, what you do is you get rid of Mitchell, and there are plenty of reasons to do that, and you make sure the players understand the biggest reason he's gone is because of opening up his big yap. We're talking to Stan Saverin, the godfather. He's brought to you by uh, Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman. Why pay another law firm 40% when they only charge 25 Stan, uh, what's your hunch? What are they going to do with Lev Bell? What are the pros and cons? I think the best thing to do with him is to give him the non-exclusive franchise tender. That would then put him under the franchise tag but allow other teams to talk to him. If somebody else wanted to sign him at that franchise tag tender, then the Steelers would get two number one draft picks. Now, last year they put him under the exclusive, which means no one else could talk to him, and that means they were obligated for the 12-5, but he was their property. With this non-exclusive thing, um, would I take two number ones for Lev Bell right now? Um, I think I would. But, but Stan, no team's going to sign him for that price. They just won't. Well, maybe not. But and then you're given... stuck with him not showing up and threatening to retire. All the uncertainty that, that they hated this year. Well, I think it depends on the team. If you thought he was going to be the one thing that puts you over the top, let me put it this way. I would agree you're probably not going to get that. But then by the same token, you are, are, are putting him out there 
and and not all the pressure then is on you. Let's remember. Let's remember. If you put the tag on him, you can take it off just as quickly. You're not obligated to him. He's uh, a free true. agent. That's true. You could do that. That's true. Uh, interesting option to be sure. Stan, a quick Penguin thought before we uh, uh, let you go. Casey DeSmith is the Penguins' number three goalie behind Murray and Jari, but he makes his third straight start tonight when the Penguins host Carolina, and that's with Murray and Jari appearing to be available. Does that surprise you? No, it really doesn't. Uh, I, I honestly don't think um, that they want to bring Murray back in just yet. Um, uh, uh, I think that the, Paul Steigerwall was talking to me today, and he said he really thinks that, that Matt will probably be um, – a backup before he starts a game. And maybe they don't think he's ready for that. Um, I did not realize this, but uh, Matt's dad's funeral is this coming weekend. He hasn't even gone through the funeral process yet. Um, and and I, I don't know that he, maybe he is. I, I have no way of knowing. But, um, you know, anybody who's been through the death of a parent knows what that's like. The funeral is incredibly emotional. No question. Uh, and, and I've been through it twice. And it, so maybe they just want him to uh, get through that. And then, by the way, the dad's trip is coming up, too. That's not going to be easy for him because his dad would, you know, always be there and so on and so forth. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think I don't think that they think that he's ready yet. I would think they'd want more than just one practice for him. Um, so, and I'm not surprised you're going with uh, DeSmith. Um, Jari had had his issues, but hey, DeSmith gave up three goals in the last two games, uh, one and one. So, no, it's, I'm not terribly surprised by it. He's played awfully, awfully well. Stan, great stuff. I'll see you Thursday on your program. Okay, Mark, look forward to it. That's Stan Savern, the Godfather, brought to you by the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman. Going to talk to Bob McLaughlin next, 105.9. Asile today. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, I wanted to ask why my cat talks in her sleep. Cats are weird. One time my cat didn't eat for three weeks. I didn't feed her. The X at 105.9. Here's a tweet from Brian. Staying off social media and being on time shouldn't be a problem, but it is. But that had nothing to do with them losing to Jacksonville. Their defense stinks, period. Uh, I disagree. All that stuff adds up, and if you want proof... Tom Coughlin took over Jacksonville this year as their director of football ops. They went from 3-13 and to the AFC Championship game. And you know what his rule is? If you're not five minutes early for a meeting, you're late. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, I think the Steelers need to straighten up their culture, and the start should be that the players are banned from social media and... They have to be on time for everything, and there are repercussions when they aren't. Your thoughts? Well, first of all, really good stuff between you and Stan. Good back and forth. And I'm going to agree with you on one of your items, and I'm going to agree with Stan on one of your items. Um, they definitely have to be on time. And if the five-minute early thing goes into effect, that's fine. You can't. I mean, a coach is there to lead the team, to set the rules, to direct the team as to how he wants it to be to form them. If they're not going to listen to them, they're not part of the team. Um you have to put that in. If I mean, being that late for a walkthrough before a game like that, Mark... He basically missed the walkthrough. It's inexcusable. Well, what could Le'Veon Bell have been doing where he didn't get to the walkthrough? Editing. Laying down a new track. Spitting. Spitting, as you say. Spitting some rhymes. Right. But uh, I'm going to agree with Stan on the other item. No way you can make them do that. Stay off social media. Why not? 
It's it's like saying, hey, you're not allowed to have a life outside of the football team. If you're the employer, you can tell them that. It'll never stand up to that level, though. I mean, that's that doesn't affect them on the field per se. Sometimes it might. It might, you know, start a, a, a fight or, you know, tough feelings between a player. or It's a constant distraction. I totally understand that. So are... Look at Juju. Juju's Mr. Social Media now. He's taping vignettes about himself to put on social media. But his shenanigans are cheeky and fun. They're not cruel and tragic yet. Nope, he's turning into a jackass right <laughs> on schedule. Right on schedule, Bob. Well, no, I liked your caveat about, or Stan's caveat, about saying you can't tweet or go on social media about the team. What happens in this locker room stays in the locker room. That is ours. They, they, the players don't understand compromise. They don't indulge discussion. You have to tell them exactly what to do. I understand that, and I also understand your point to Stan about, look, there is no real team anymore. They may talk about being a team. They may talk about being brothers, but you know as well as I know, there are cliques in that locker room. There are groupings in that locker room. They're going to do things that they want to do. They don't care what the other corner of that locker room wants to do. They don't care what those three guys over there doing their own thing are going to do or what they say. And we've seen that time and time again with the stuff that they've done on social media, the stuff that they've done on the sideline, and it was the soap opera that was the 2017 season. See, I think Tom sounds dumb when he talks about stuff like this. I think when he said that his kids use social media – and the key is to use it correctly. Like his teenage kids know all about using social media correctly. And like what his kids do in, is in any way relevant. Right. I mean, he's telling me that Mike Mitchell chirping the Jags locker room before the game isn't relevant, but what his kids do on social media is. I mean, does he have any idea how stupid he sounds when he talks like that? Well, the other thing, he's got total control over the kids. He's the one helping form. You know, uh, I bet he doesn't. Well... <laughs> He should as their father. Let's put it that way. Well, they hang out with Lev Bell. What do you think goes on when they hang out with Lev Bell? But you know what? If I was a football coach, Mark, I would bring my kid into work sometimes. If I was a sometimes. football coach, I would not want... You would. You would take your kids to... I, I would. If I was a football coach, I would not want my teenage kids hanging out with a guy not who's hanging been out. suspended twice for pot. Maybe once or twice. In You would take your kids to work, and they would run into Lev Bell. They would hang out with Weren't another player. Weren't they in player. the studio with Lev Bell, Tomlin's kids? I don't know if they were in the studio. I didn't see that tweet. Because if they are... Because I'm blocked by him. <laughs> if they... Who have Bell, me too. I know. I think I'm blocked because of birds of a feather. Well, okay. <laughs> so you do agree that the on-time thing and having accountability for that is important, Absolutely. Right? Where don't you get punished for being late or not, you know, owning up to your responsibilities in the workplace? I in any know, workplace. Bob, I've never been late. Because uh... I am responsible. No, I haven't. I've been responsible and accountable since day one of really all my careers. Except when I chose, like, I guess you could call it at the Post-Gazette a few times, kind of like civil disobedience. Uh -huh. But uh, I don't think Tomlin's prepared to do any of this. That That's my punchline. That he will not even make them be on time. That it's going to be the same old stuff and the same old finish, which is why I'm convinced more than ever they can't win in the current climate. And I understand you can't fire Tomlin. Here, here's maybe the, the best way to put it. I understand you can't fire Tomlin because of his record and because the odds of getting a guy that would be better than him are astronomical. Although he was an unknown, we should keep that in mind as well. And mostly you don't want to start over in the last couple of years of Ben's career. Mm -hmm. But even though you can't fire Tomlin, I can't help but think maybe they should. 
because of the conversation we're having right now where change is required, and I know he won't make it. And the owner can make that change. We talked about this last week. The Art, I mean, Art well, Rooney II. I, I think Art has a lot to prove here. Oh, my gosh, absolutely. Absolutely. With that name and with the history behind it and how many great decisions have been made for the NFL and for the Steelers, you know, down through the lineage of that, this is his chance right now to tell Coach Tomlin he has to tighten things up. It is now hurting the team. It is now going to hurt Maybe the, the limited partners could chime in. Well, yeah, or, I mean, one of them could make a movie about it and get his message across that way. That's Bob. Oh, wait, we forgot to talk about the Academy Awards. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that was supposed to be the lead of the segment. Hey, it's your show. You've only seen, you saw Get Out, right? I saw Get Out. You should see Is Get Out. Is that nominated for Best Picture? Yeah, I think it's nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, and Best uh, Director. The only <laughs> film I saw nominated for Best Picture is Dunkirk. And I, I, that's my, next on now, my list. Now, what's the basic plot of, of Get Out? Get Out is a uh, interracial couple, a uh, black gentleman with a white girl, and they go to see his family. And what happens? His family or her family? They go to meet her family. Okay. And it doesn't go well. So it's kind of like a documentary. Uh, no. It's Mark. You got to see it. I can't even explain. Actually, I stole that joke. <laughs> and probably should have used a better setup than <laughs> than just a. A, a, a bare bones description of the plot. That's Go Bob, see Get Out. That's Bob McLaughlin. Actually, in some ways, Bob, it kind of is the same plot as Dunkirk. That's Bob McLaughlin. Brought to you by 84 Lumber. I'm Mark Madden. In 30 seconds, are we giving away money again? Gosh darn. Listen. Keyword. Text. $1,000 bribe. 105.9.